Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. We're in a gym. Guess what? We mean a gym right now. Guess what? It's a little different today. It's oriented a little different. But hey, over the next few weeks, we got to get ready for different because we just we're going to do whatever we can over the next few weeks. We'll probably keep it like this one more week. Uh, and then November is going to look different. But let me tell y'all, in December, y'all just get ready because we're going to part your hair whenever we step up in that new building of ours. And I just believe that Jesus is going to be glorified. And we're going to declare that song. After we move, we sang it today just to kind of give you a precursor for what we're going to be doing when we move into our facility in just a few weeks, December 5th, that that's the song that we're going to declare. The, the song that we sing, the song that we want is our church to, to go out into all of the, the all of Murray and Callaway County. We want it to be that Jesus is over everything. Amen or oh me, church. And I just, I just feel like that's just going to be an anthem for our church for a long time. And uh, I, it will be for all time, something that we'll sing. But just that Jesus over everything. And I'm excited about today. Anybody excited to be at church today? Well, awesome. I want to welcome everybody that's in watching online. And, and man, we are so thankful. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Can we give it up for everybody that's listening online or watching on the podcast? I love that. We welcome you. We want to invite you into the facility because I'm telling you, it's better in the room. Just something about being in a room together. And uh, I'm just excited about today uh, a question that you've been asking. We're in a series called Hey Google. Somebody shout, Hey Google. It's a question that we're going to hopefully answer today. We've been asking questions over the last few weeks you have and questions about the Bible, questions about your faith. And today we're going to be talking about something I think all of us deal with, all of us have uh, that we want to know about. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking about relationships, but I even want to speak to the married people today, excuse me, because I want to just, uh, this question was asked, hey, how do I fix my marriage? Like, how do I fix my marriage? And I don't know what you walked in here with. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a marriage on the rocks. Maybe it's a divorce in your past. I don't know what it is, but I believe we're going to not go to Google. We're going to go to God's Word and see what the Bible says, right? So we're going to do that today. I'm going to read. Thank you for standing. Uh, if you don't mind, just stay standing for just a second. We're going to read uh, this chapter that a lot of us have read. I've even read it at some of your weddings that I had a chance to officiate. Um, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We know this. We've heard it. We hear, we hear it at weddings all the time. But this is what the Bible says, and I'm going to read it from the screen with you. This is what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with all the truth. Watch what it says. And I like this word right here, and we'll talk about it. It's kind of going to set us up for where we're going today. It always, somebody shout always. Always protects. Shout it again. Always trusts. One more time. Always hopes. No, one more time. Always perseveres. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 8, love never fails. And I don't know about you, when I read that verse, to me, that sounds like a good poem at a, uh, at a wedding that you can read. But what happens when the always is gone? Right? I'm going to speak to that today. 
I believe that God's going to speak to that today. What happens when that, that doesn't describe anything that you're walking through, doesn't describe anything that love looks like in your life, your marriage looks like, your relationships, that that would not be what you would say about your relationships. What, do, what, what does God have to say about my marriage? How do I fix my marriage? We're going to talk about it. I can't wait for it. I'm going to pray for us, and you can be seated when I say amen. Jesus, I believe that you're going to be lifted up today. We're going to do whatever we can to point people towards you. Because of you, Jesus, we get to stand in this place and honor you and lift you up. And today we want to do nothing but that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said a good amen, amen. High five four people around you say it's good to have you at church today. Good to have you at church today. And then go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. I can't see you real well, but man, I know you're out there and I'm glad you're here. Um, uh, I'm just so thankful for our team. Really quick, I, I just want to give a shout out uh, before we get started today uh, for our team. I'll just tell you, uh, we walk in and sometimes we don't know what to expect when we come in here and we usually get a heads up uh, from the school and the, the administration here and they're super great about that a lot of times. But we had a different plan last night uh, for what we were going to do, but we got in here this morning at 527. Uh, come on somebody, how many of y'all know that's early in the morning uh, on a Sunday? And, uh, and our team just said, hey, you know what, what if we flip? it around. And I just want to give our, our production team, our, our worship team, all of our setup team, can we give them a big old hand right now? Can we just tell them thank you? Like, you got to understand, this doesn't just happen, right? It doesn't just go up and come down on its own. There is a team of people that does that. And I'll just tell you, I know we got just a few weeks left of load in, load out. I would just encourage you, jump on a team. Jump on any team right now because as we transition to our new facility, I believe that God is going to do some incredible stuff. Shout out to our kids team even right now. Uh, in the very back, uh, our kids are learning about Jesus on their level. Aren't you glad you got some people that love your kids, love my kids so much uh, that we want to teach them, we want them to have fun. We want them to love Jesus, love people, be brave, have fun. Like, that's what we want our kids to grow up thinking about church. And so I'm just really excited, uh, and I'm just going to ask you. I know next is in a few weeks, but let me tell you, jump on the team. If you have been thinking about it for a long time, I'm going to encourage you, jump on the team right now. Before we get transitioned, say, oh, once we get in a new facility, then I will. No, 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 don't wait. Let's do it now, all right? I just encourage you to do that. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to pull that out of you. Some of you have been coming for a long time you know God has been drawing you to either join the church and join the team, I'm going to encourage you today, to, hey, listen, don't wait any longer. Don't wait to the new facility. Do it right here in Callaway County Middle School. Amen or oh me. All right. I'm going to need you all to respond today. Today's going to be a little tough, so i got a question for all of us really quick. Um, I, I want to ask you, where are all the married people at out there in the room? All right. Let me just tell you all real quick, that was your chance, gentlemen, to make a statement to your wife, and you didn't do it. All right. Let me ask one more time. Hey, where are all the married people at out there? All right, fellas, y'all are failing today, okay? Like, and that didn't even count the second time because I told you what was coming, you know what I'm saying? All right, now, now I want everybody, if you're single, I want you to raise your hand, keep your hand up, just wave it around like you care. Now look around, single people, this is what you're working with. Come on, somebody, right? All right, so, so you're looking around, you don't like what you see? We got another service at 1030. You can hang around for just a little while, okay? Uh, uh, that'd be good. But no, no, I want to I wanna just start out by laughing a little bit because, again, I think for a lot of us, I think uh, this idea, this topic of relationship and love is something that we deal with every single day, right? It's something that we walk through every single day and that we deal with. And, again, I, I think about, as, as even we sang just a second ago, falling into you, I think that word fall a lot of times is used when we're talking about love, right? 
talking about falling in love. You just fall into a ditch, you can fall in love. Like it's, it just seems like that's something that happens. Uh, and I'll just tell everybody, if you could take your two fingers like this, put it right below, like underneath your earlobe, and if you'll follow it down about six inches, go down to where your pulse is in your neck, okay? And let me encourage you something real quick. If you have a pulse, you can just fall in love. Come on, somebody, right? I want you to understand that. That's something that happens. Like, that's just kind of human nature. You have the ability to fall in love. But what I want to challenge us with, uh, and, and maybe, again, you walk in here, and, and that what, what we just read a second ago in 1 uh, Corinthians, that Paul was writing about what love is, and, and uh, really that's describing, honestly, the, the agape kind of love, the, the God only can provide kind of love. You're walking in here, and you're saying, you know what? Maybe I used to have some of that. Maybe it used to feel like that, or I've never experienced love like that. I just want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I think that God wants to speak to you today. He wants to encourage you today with the fact that, you know what, you may look at that and you say, hey, there's absolutely no way that I can do that. There's no way that I can experience that. And I think part of that is true, but this is what I want you to understand today, is that I believe that God, if you will let him work in your life in a great way, I honestly do believe with all that I've got that you have the capacity to do more than you ever thought on your own when you got the help of God. Come on, somebody, right? I believe that. And so again, we look at that and we think, oh, oh, falling in love, yeah, that's for the fairy tales, or that that kind of love is patient and kind, that's for just the weddings. But how do I experience that? How, how do I do that whenever my life, when I walk in here, I'm divorced? How am I supposed to experience that? I walk in here, my marriage has been on the rocks for a long time, and we're just staying together for the kids. Like, how, how do I experience that? How does it happen? And today, I just want to walk through a few things together. And again, I want to just encourage you. I am no expert in this area. And Allie will tell you that for sure. Allie and I have been married going on 10 years in May. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, we're going to go somewhere tropical. Y'all just get ready. You ain't going to see me for like two weeks. We're going on a vacation. It's going to be awesome, uh, uh, but, but I'll just tell you, uh, we, we, we got four kids, okay? Uh, it's not because we love kids. We love each other. Come on, somebody, right? And uh, so, so we got four kids, and this weekend, she's actually got our oldest girl. Uh, it's so funny. We're talking about marriage, and Allie's not even here this weekend. I love you, Mama, uh, but she had, we had a thing we planned six months ago for my sister and my niece and Allie and, and Conley, our oldest girl, to go to see some gymnastics up in Louisville. So they went up there this weekend, saw Simone Biles. So again, the, uh, listen, if, if like you want to you wanna talk about marriage or you want to do that, obviously it's going to be on a weekend that, of course, my wife's out of town. But she loves me. Like, I want to clarify. Like, I just want everybody to know that. Like, she's not just skipping out this weekend because you a liar up there. No, no, that's not it. We're not experts by any means, and you can ask her anytime. You know, we have fights. We, yes, we fight. Okay, can we talk through that real quick? We have struggles. We have things that we're working through together. But I think about this, and I want you guys to know that I'm not speaking from a, a, a superiority type, type posture today. I'm speaking to you, and I'm encouraging you from guys that I've heard encourage me through the years, encourage families, encourage uh, uh, believers. How do you walk out this thing called love? How do you walk out this thing called marriage? And you obviously have asked, hey, how do I fix my marriage? So what's that let me know? Let's let me know that a lot of us in this room, we don't, we don't get, we're, we're not getting what I believe that God has for us in our relationships. And I think for a lot of us, we're going to learn today something. I want you to take some good notes, but I like to equate what we're going to talk about today to this ladder right here, all right? And I think about it, and I think about what we're going to walk through today is kind of different rungs on the ladder. How many of y'all know that when you step on a ladder, a ladder is a good tool, right? It's a good tool 
cool to have in your arsenals. Good, like, hey, men, if you are getting married and like you're, you're marrying your wife, this is like you gotta have one of these in the house, all right? That's like a number one thing. You gotta have a ladder because if you're having to borrow your mom and dad's, that ain't no good, okay? Go get yourself a ladder, all right? But but I think about a ladder, and I stole this ladder from I think it's AB's ladder from the lot, um, because uh, there's lots of stuff happening at the lot, which is our new uh, facility. It's great, uh, but I love I love these ladders. I think about a ladder, and each rung, what it does is it gives you a different perspective, right? That's what a, a ladder does. Like this, if I step here, this gives me a different perspective than where I was here. Also, just so you know, this gives me a different opportunity than this did down here, right? And so I think about this. I think about what we're talking about when we talk about, hey, how do I fix my marriage? How do I fix my relationships? Is that there's going to be some things that if you and I will go through the process of getting a different perspective, a different angle, a different viewpoint. I'm, not, I'm making some of y'all nervous right now, all right? Like, but if we will commit to that, and we do some of these things today. I got five things that I want to give you that are the five rungs of your relationship. If you'll write these down, if you'll commit to doing them, I believe that God can do some incredible stuff in your relationships. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Number one, the first thing, the first rung that I want you to do in your marriage, in your relationship, is you got to commit to it. Somebody say, commit to it. Y'all didn't commit to saying that. Come on, y'all got to commit to it. Ready? Somebody say, commit to it. Good. Commit to it. I think that's so important. That's that first rung that I want to walk through today with you. you got to commit to it. Commitment, that's an interesting word, isn't it? But I think about that word commitment. I think about it a lot, and I think everybody values commitment. I think we all value this word commitment, what it means. But you only need a commitment when you don't want to do what it is that you're doing. You know what I'm talking about? Let me encourage you real quick. How many of y'all love to work out? Come on, somebody. Wave at me if that's you out there. My gosh, that third row, love that. I love that he loves to work out, right? How many of y'all just can't stand to work out? Come on, somebody, just look at me. All right, yeah, I like that. All right, we starting an aerobics class next cruise cruise season, Randy. We got to have an aerobics or something, hot yoga, something wild. I don't even know, right? But I think about working out, right? If you love to work out, you don't really have to have a commitment to working out because you already love what you do, right? But how many of you know whenever you are, when you can't stand going to the gym, Right, when you can't stand sweating, when you can't stand the effort, that, that's hard work. Guess what? It takes commitment for you to go and do something that you really didn't want to do, right? And you really didn't want to get up early. You didn't really want to go and, and do this or that and sweat a little bit and get your heart rate up and all of these kind of things. Like, you had to have commitment in order to do that. See, you need to understand, you, you don't need commitment to work out if you love to work out. You need a commitment to work out if you don't. And so I think about that, and I think about when we're talking about relationships, when we're talking about marriage, what it is that it's important. So so you got to say, I'm going to commit to it. So what that is making the assumption of is that there are going to be days in your marriage when you don't want to be married. Can I be honest in church today? About six of you. Can I be honest with everybody today, okay? I need some of y'all men just to look straight ahead today, okay? Just look straight ahead. Don't be elbowing your wife. That's not good for your points today, okay? But, but I encourage you, there's going to be days when you don't want to be married. There's going to be days when you don't feel like being married. But what I want to challenge some of you in this room, if you have made a commitment to that person to marry them and you are married to them, listen, y'all, it is a commitment. That is saying that, you know what, when you said your I do's, when you said your vows, when I looked at Allie in her face and I said, guess what, rich or poor, 
right? Poor a lot of times. Homegirl, come on. Uh, like, like richer or poor, sickness and health, hard times, good times, whatever it might be, guess what? I'm committed to this. I'm here with you. I am committed to doing this thing with you on the days I don't feel like it, on the days that I do feel like it. I am committed to doing this alongside of you. I think you got to make a commitment to it. I think you got to take that idea of divorce and you got to throw it out the window. You got to get rid of it. You got you can't even bring it up in your marriage. You got to commit to say, you know what? I'm going to be in this thing. It is a commitment that I've made, not just a contract that I signed just so that we can share a house together. That's not what we're talking about when we're saying marriage. How do I fix my marriage? You got to commit to it. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. It says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother, right? And is joined together with his wife. The two are united as one. What I want us to see right there is that takes commitment to do that. That is a commitment. That's not just a covenant. That's not just a just a contract. That, or that's a that's a covenant, not just a contract that we would just sign and say, oh, not that big a deal. I'll kind of jump in, jump out whenever I want to. If you want to learn, if you want the first thing of your marriage, you want to fix it, guess what? You got to commit to it. Amen or oh me. All right, number two, write this down. How do I fix my marriage? Come on, throw me that next one up there because I need to know what it is. I'm so sorry. There it is. Number two, celebrate the differences. All right, that's the next rung on your ladder. If you want to take another perspective, get another perspective on your relationship, on your marriage, you got to celebrate the differences. This is what Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Watch this. Male and female, he created them. You got to understand that from the very beginning, God's design, even for marriage, was that male and female, guess what? We're very different. You got to understand in, in a marriage that, that a man and a woman are very different on every level. I think about Allie and I, and I'm not, again, not just, that, that's just, obviously I, I'm married to her, so for me, and I'm doing this right here like she's there. She's there in spirit right there today with us, okay? And uh, I think about her, and, and I think about me, and guess what? We are polar opposites. Right now in this room, she's comfortable. Right now in this room, I'm about to sweat to death. Come on, somebody, Right? Like, like, that's just how it is with me and her. We're, we're total opposites. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, if I want to spend money, she's ready to save money, right? If I want to discipline one of our kids, she's ready to show them a little bit of grace because I didn't know about this certain time that, that she did discipline. Like, we're on different areas. We're on different pages a lot of times. When she says, I don't have anything to wear, that means homegirl wants a new outfit. When I say, I ain't got nothing to wear, that means nothing's clean. Come on, somebody, right? Ain't nothing clean in my closet. I ain't got nothing to wear. Now think about that. We're on two different Richter scales when it comes to the fact of, of Allie and I being different. And I want you to understand that what we can do is we can begin to nitpick those differences. We can begin to point fingers at those differences. And it can be something that can irritate you or you can begin to appreciate it. And I just want to challenge you. By God's design, thank God God didn't create anybody just like me. Come on, right? Like, thank God. And in the same way is with you. Thank God that by his design, he created male and female for marriage. And that we are so different. We are so opposite, but it so works together. I love that. And I want you to understand that we got to learn to celebrate the fact that we're different, knowing that we actually do make a good pair together. We're like a glove and a hand. We fit together is really good and you want to start seeing a different perspective in your marriage you want to start seeing your marriage from a different angle from a different light you want to reach a new level in your marriage you've got to celebrate the differences all right good y'all good with two everybody hold on number three like this 
I'm going up. Come on, we're getting real nervous today, all right? Here's number three, and I'm going to sit right here and make some of y'all real nervous. Number three is you got to learn to fight fair. Woo! First of all, let me just come on back down. I'm getting scared. Um, let, let me say something really quick. Dustin, did you just say that you, like, like in marriages, fights happen? Absolutely they happen. Come on, can we be honest in church today? How many of y'all had a fight on the way to church this morning. Come on, somebody, right? I don't know how about y'all, but I remember as a kid growing up, my parents, I love my parents to death, and I just remember we'd be driving to our dad, uh, sitting right there, but I remember my dad, and I, I mean, we'd be going down the road, and I, I'm the same way, but I'm, uh, if I ever ride to church with my kiddos, but that would be really early in the morning, because we load in and load out, uh, but not for too much longer. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, but I remember how it was, like, y'all know how it is, you're on the road, that's when, like, on the way to church, that's when the fights happen. Come on. Y'all remember that? You know what I'm talking about? Like every time, you're like you're slapping kids in the back. You're trying to keep your hand on the wheel, but you're slapping in the back, trying to slap somebody. Stop hitting your brother. You're, you're slapping them. You're trying to do all that. You're yelling at them. You're yelling, and then you pull in the parking lot, and our incredible park team's out there, and they're waving at you, and y'all are just like, oh, hey, so good to see you. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all know how it is, right? Let's be honest, that's, that's, that's life. It happens. So fights do happen in marriage. They happen. But what I want to encourage you to do is that so many times we fight with the wrong motives. We fight with the wrong motives. So I, I'm fighting Allie so many times to try and win the argument. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to get my point across. I'm trying to get the last word in. And I just want to encourage some of you today, learn to fight fair. you got to do that. Again, let me give you a few things of how you can fight fair. Understand something. Like, If you're going to fight fair, you don't need to say the word always, never, or fat. Come on, somebody, right? You always do this, or you never do that. And don't ever say the word fat in any sort of argument at all with anybody, all right, especially your wife, okay? Don't do that. I just want to encourage you. You want to learn to fight fair? No name calling. No bringing up certain things. Now, again, there's going to be times where you have to, you have, to have the discussion of, hey, this is something that we got to walk through. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying over, over petty things, over arguments, no name calling, no dishonesty, no jabs, no, no cussing, all of those things. I think about it when I say no name calling. For a lot of us, you got to understand just what I read just a second ago, is that when you and I leave my mother and father to go and I was married with Allie, the two became one. I became one with her. So what does that say? Whenever I'm calling her a name, essentially, you know what I'm doing? I'm calling myself a name. And so just watch this as you do this. You got to learn to fight fair because it's not about winning the fight. Right? It's not about winning the fight. Again, so many times in marriage, we are fighting the wrong enemy. And I think so many of us, we're trying to think, okay, it's my spouse that I'm fighting against. But what I want to just bring attention to is the fact, I don't want to give him glory, but I want to bring your attention to the fact that Satan wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy you. If he can get your marriage, he can get the church, I feel like. If he can get my, mine and Allie's relationships on, on rocks and, and distrust and all of those things, man, he can destroy something very quickly. And what does First uh, Peter chapter 5 tell us? It tells us that, hey, you got to watch out. Stay alert. Somebody say, watch out. Somebody yell, watch out, like you just saw something. Like, watch out. Yeah. That's what we got to be in our marriages. You got to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. My wife is not the enemy, 
My person I'm fighting is not the enemy. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but of powers and principalities that are not of this world, Satan being one of them. And he's trying to destroy your marriage. If he can get your marriage, man, think about it. When you have marriage issues, that affects how you work, that affects your friendships, that affects all of this other stuff. So, man, if he can get that, if he can get you to be name-calling, if he can get you to go out there and attack her or attack him, guess what? He's got you. But watch this. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we preached this a few months ago, but I want you to understand it says looking like a lion. Guess what? He's just like it. He doesn't have the teeth, the jaws, the bite of a lion. He's just like one. He's, a, he's like a big dog, a little dog with a big bark, all right? He ain't got no bite behind him, but you have got to watch out because he will use small things in your relationships where you're jabbing, where you're name-calling, and you and I, we've got to learn to fight fair. Healthy couples, you know what happens? We fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight to win. Right? Healthy couples, hey, we're going to resolve this. We're going to work through this. I may say something that's true, uh, but, but, but again, I'm going to say it in love. I'm going to say it to you because you're my wife. I'm as if I'm saying it to myself because we're, uh, we're one. I'm going to say that to Allie. I'm, I'm going I'm to resolve this. I'm not using this to get the last word in, the last argument in, my point across. No, no, no. I'm going to fight to resolve this. Let's go to bed. How many of y'all ever been to bed mad? Come on. I think we all have. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Butt to butt. Okay? Like, I, I ain't talking to you tonight. I ain't even looking. But what happens is, and what I love about Allie so much, is that Allie is one of those types that, that we may start out in bed mad at each other, but by, by, by the time we go to sleep, we've worked through some stuff. We've talked about it. I mean, I don't know what it is, but man, I'll just tell you, learn to fight fair. Learn to do that. Look at what Proverbs have to say in verse 15, or chapter 15, verse 18. It says, a hot-tempered person starts fights, but a cool-tempered person stops them. You got to learn to fight fair. Somebody say fight fair. All right, number four. You ready for this? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Number four is communication is key. So the fourth rung on the ladder, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to celebrate the differences. I'm going to fight fair. And guess what I'm going to do now? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make sure that my communication is on point. Isn't it funny how a lot of times we will communicate in every other aspect of our life except in our marriage? Right? I'll just tell you guys really quickly. I communicate for a living on stage to you, but I'll just tell you I communicate to our, I try to communicate to our teams, and I'll just tell you it's really funny because sometimes I'm really, really bad at communication, right? I know it's really silly, but like I communicate for a living, but in some of the relationships that I have, I'm really bad at communicating. And, and, and my wife, especially, you can ask her, like, the, it's, it's hard for me to communicate a lot of times. In fact, the uh, fact says that this, uh, uh, every single day that husbands and wives spend an average of four minutes a day in meaningful conversation. Four minutes. And I just got to tell everybody, that ain't enough. Right, that just ain't enough. And, and again, I, I know there's differences in this as well, right? Let's talk about it. Like, we're going to go back to number two. We celebrate the differences. Uh, again, I like to talk a whole lot, but the average woman says 30,000 words a day. 30,000. All right, and all the husbands are like, yep, all right, y'all better watch it. Don't elbow nobody, okay? Keep your elbows tucked like a chicken, okay? All right? But, but I'll tell you, guys communicate 15,000 words a day. So, so women, on average, communicate twice as many words in a day as men do. But I want to understand something really quick. That does not give us excuses. Fellas, look at me. That doesn't give you and I the excuse not to communicate to our wives. 
does not give me the excuse to say, you know what, you love to talk, I'm just going to go and do my own thing, okay. It doesn't give us the excuse to do that, fellas. I'm going to call us out today because sometimes what Allie needs from me doesn't require that much. It requires me to sit down, to look her dead in her eyes and say, hey, you know what, Let's walk through what your day was like. How was your day? What do you got going up tomorrow? Like, what's going on? Like, like you and I, when we're communicating, we got to stop and listen with the intent to understand. Right? Stop and listen with the intent to understand. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, that you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now think about that. Like, like part of communication is not just communicating, but it's listening. Right, and I'll just tell you again, my ADHD self, I'm going to call my own sins out in front of all of y'all. Is that okay if I do that, right? I'm terrible at listening, good at talking. But what's the Bible tell us? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Proverbs 18.2 says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. How many times in my own marriage have I become a fool because all I want to do is get my opinion out, get my way out, get my communication out without being able to stop and say, hey, you know what, what, what do you think, right? What, what do you got going on? What do you think about that? And then let me tell you two areas that you got to communicate really, really well in, in your family, in your marriage. Let me encourage you on two things. These are things that Allie and I fight over more than anything else. I'm just going to be honest. The things that we have discussion over, okay, uh, are scheduling and finances, right? We schedule, especially when you add kids in there, it just changes a lot of that up, and finances. And so let's get ahead of the game. Let's not give Satan an inch to where he can take that and divide and put a wedge in there because you know what we're doing? We're watching out because my spouse isn't the enemy. I got another enemy that's trying to attack my marriage. But communication is a great rung in order to get better perspective in your marriage. All right, that's four, number five. Somebody say number five. Uh, Feed the romance. Feed the romance. Yeah, you do, Randy. You like that one. And I think about this, and that kind of goes back uh, to, to even what I said, communication is key. Because this is what I want you to know. Okay, as we're climbing the ladder, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to celebrate the differences. What's the third one? Five, I'll make sure you all taking notes, and I need a little help while I'm climbing this ladder because I'm getting nervous. Okay, what's number four? Communication is key. I feel like I'm on a top turnbuckle at WWE Friday Night Raw. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm just going to just kind of just sit right here, okay? And number five, this next rung, is feed the romance. Feed the romance. And I think about that, and I know that sounds, that sounds funny, and that sounds interesting to talk about in church, but let me tell let me say this real quick. I'm going to get real, real, real quick. TikTok is fine talking about it. Let's be the church that talks about it. Come on, somebody, right? I don't want to know what the world has to say about it. I don't want my daughter and my son, my daughters and my son getting their idea of sexuality from the world. I want it to come from the Word. I don't want it to come from Google. I spent too much time on Google with that. I want to know what is coming from God's Word. And so I just want to tell us, hey, as a married couple, you got to feed the romance. As we talked about last week, what you feed thrives. What you starve dies. So, so you got to feed the fire of romance in your life because you got to understand something. All romance burns out, right? It does. So if you've ever found yourself saying, man, we just ain't got what we used to have. Man, something's just missing. This is not what we used to have. Of course you don't, right? Of course you don't because what happens is it's not the fireplace's fault that there's no fire in it. 
right? It's not the fireplace's fault that there's no fire in it. You know what you got to do? You got to go outside. You got to cut some trees down. You got to go to Huck's and buy some. You got to do whatever you got to do in order to get some wood, strike a match, and it takes some work, and you have to feed it. And what happens is as soon as you sit back, start to enjoy it, naturally what's going to happen? It's going to die out again. So again, yes, it's okay to enjoy that, but I just want to challenge all of us. You have to feed the romance, and your, your, your love is the same. Your relationship, your marriage is the same as a fire is. It takes work to keep that thing going. you got to put a log on that fire. And honestly, Allie and I, we try very intentionally to be very intentional about this. Right, date not for us. Since four kids have come along has been a challenge. But maybe what we're doing now, we're trying. If we can't get a night throughout the week, there's one day throughout the week that I'm going to lunch with my wife. I'm going to spend time, I'm going to be intentional, looking across the way at her and saying, hey, how's your day going? Right, in the midst of crazy life, I'm going to send her a text message. I'm going to massage her, her shoulders and do it in a, in a, a, a NST way. It's a non-sexual touch. Are y'all okay out there? Everybody okay out there? I'm going to massage her shoulders not with the intent of something else happening. I'm going to feed the romance. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to honor her. I'm going to send her a voice memo. As I saw Pastor Craig Groeschel was sharing these things of a couple things that, that would be helpful for your marriage. Go back and look at his Instagram. He's got a few things that are really good on there. And one of those was do non-sexual touch. Massage the shoulders. One of them was send a, a, a cute voicemail. A compliment them. Feed the romance. Listen, we don't let our feelings drive the process because if you do, you're setting yourself up for failure. you got to feed it regardless of where you find yourself in life, regardless of where and how you feel. Now think about this. Those are some good things to do, right? Y'all agree? Those are some real good things to do? Yeah? Okay. I, I encourage you. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to get a different perspective on your marriage, okay? I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to celebrate differences. I'm going to fight fair. What's number four? I'm going to communicate, right? It's key. Number five, I'm going to feed the romance. But let me share something about this ladder that you need to understand. The rungs are great, right? The rungs are great. You can do all, you, you can climb all five of those rungs right now on this stage. But can you imagine for just a second, I'm about to throw our, cam, I don't, I, I'm about to throw our camera people for a loop. Can you imagine for just a second, Randy, can you, can you put me a, a couple chairs just right there at the bottom of these two? <clears throat> can you imagine for just a second... If I tried to climb this ladder right here, five rungs, I'm not going to climb it. Y'all calm down. It's okay, all right? Can you imagine, right? We're having that same response because we know this is a bad idea. Is it not? Do, Do you understand that when you're climbing a ladder, do you know how important the foundation is? Do you understand how important building all of these rungs, these rungs don't matter right now if my foundation isn't right. And number six, I want you to write down. You got to build it all on Jesus. You got to build it all on Jesus. Because I'm telling you, if you don't, if your foundation is like that, where your, your stuff is all rocky and rickety, guess what? If you're not building it on the right foundation, it is bound and determined to crumble and fall. And I just had to tell you that if, you're, if we're going to try and leave God out of the equation of the very thing that he created in relationships, it is bound to fail. Pro, uh, Psalms chapter 127 verse 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, it's built 
builders labor in vain. It's going to crash and burn. It's going to fall. you got to allow the inventor of the process to be the very thing that you put yourself on top of, that you sturdy yourself on. Even Jesus himself said this, not just in relationships, but in every area of our life. If you're ever going to get a different perspective on life, if you're ever going to rise to a different occasion, if you're ever going to step into that next season that God is calling you to step into, just understand the steps are good, but the foundation is even better. The foundation is the most important. you got to build your life on Jesus. you got to build your relationships on Jesus. Jesus himself said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, anybody who listens to my word, my teaching, and follows it is like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Watch what he says. Though the rain comes in torrents. That's a whole lot of rain. Come on, somebody. It's coming. And the floodwaters rise. And the winds beat against that house. Watch what it says. It won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on the right thing. Because it's built on the bedrock. But anybody who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds their house, who climbs the rung of the communication relationship ladder and puts it on anything else other than me. Anyone who hears my words, teachings, doesn't obey it. Like a person who builds their house on sand. When the rain comes and the floods come and the wind beats against the house, it collapses with a mighty crash. And I just have this feeling that some of us are in here and we say, oh, okay, if I give my life to Jesus, if I give my relationship to Jesus, that means that there's never going to be any issue at all. But if you go back to even what Jesus is saying right there, Matthew 7, you've got to understand that the rain came on the just and the unjust. The one that built the house on the bedrock and the one that built the house on the sand. But by golly, the only one that stayed standing was the one that was built on the solid rock, the solid foundation, that there is no other way, that it's Jesus over everything. It's not commit to it over everything. It's not, it's not fighting fair over everything. It's not celebrating differences over everything. It's not doing any of that stuff if the relationship is not built on the solid rock. That is the name of Jesus. Let's let the one that defined it, the one that designed it, defined it. God, you speak into it. God, you speak into me as a husband. God, you speak into my marriage. Holy Spirit, would you use us as only you can. God, I'm going to let you use my relationship as a picture of the gospel with my wife, that that's going to scream louder to the world of how I love her, and it's just a picture of how well you loved us, Jesus. I'm going to let you define it. I'm going to build it all on you, and watch, if you do that, you'll fix your marriage. You'll fix your perspective. You'll get a different view on, on your relationship. You'll get a different view on your life. And I just believe that if we will commit to that, building it, this church, our families, our relationships, on the solid rock that is Jesus, we cannot lose. We may lose this life. We may have troubles in this life, but we can't lose because it's Jesus over everything. Come on. Why don't you take five seconds? Do you mind jumping up on your feet? Come on. Get up on your feet. Can we give God five seconds of the last? loudest praise that we've given him all week long. Come on. Come on. I don't know about you, but this fires me up. You know why? Because I believe that, man, if we can get the family right, watch out. Watch out, world. And you may be in here and you say, Dustin, I'm divorced. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm 14. What are you talking about marriage? Like, l- listen, these are so important. 
Spend your life doing these in your relationships, communicating, fighting fair, doing all of those things. But more importantly than any other rung, make sure that the, the, the foundation is right. Make sure you're building on the right things. And so I'm just going to ask you, you're in this room, would everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're the one that asked that question, how do I fix my marriage? Maybe that's you. I don't know who asked that question, but one of you did. And maybe you're in here and you're sitting next to your spouse. Here's what I'm going to ask. In just a second, we're going to give invitation for you to respond to Jesus. Because that's why we come. That's why we do what we do. It's all about Jesus. But you're in this room. And you are, you, you're in a relationship with your, your, your spouse. And, and, and you're, you're, you're the one that texts that. You're walking through some hell on earth together. She's already packed. I could never forgive that. I, whatever it might be. And this is what I want to be. I want to be a church that carries each other's burdens together. So I'm going to ask our prayer team right now. They're going to begin to move to each side of the bleachers right now. And I'm, ask, I'm actually going to ask a few other couples that are in here. Some people on our worship team that are married, newly married even. But man, let's... Let's be a church that carries this stuff together. So here's what I'm going to ask. You're in this room, and you ask that question. Hey, how do I fix my marriage? How do I do that? i got some issues. i got some unresolved sin that we've got in our life. I've got some other things that I'm, I'm dealing with. I just want to be a church that says, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. So I'm going to ask you. You're in this room right now. You say, hey, I need some prayer for my marriage. I need some prayer for my family. Would you just begin to move right now if you need prayer? Our team, we would be honored to pray with you. Would you just do that? They're over here on each side of the stage, down the way. I believe that today was for somebody, even specifically that might be in this room. Don't feel embarrassed if you've got to move. If the Holy Spirit is nudging you, everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you just take that step? Find some healing today. Don't walk in this place and walk out the same if you know today that God is drawing you to some healing in your marriage and in your relationship. And maybe some of you in this room or some of you even watching online, you need a relationship with Jesus. You can try and do all these other things, and that's great. It's fantastic. But it doesn't matter without the foundation being Jesus. I just want to encourage somebody in this room or somebody that's watching online that Jesus died for you. He loves you. He loves me. He died for both of us. He died for all of us. He died for, for all of mankind. He died for our sin, our struggle, our pain, our, all of that that literally Jesus put on himself on the cross. That By his stripes, the Bible says in Isaiah, that we are healed. And I just believe that, that there's some people that need healing today in Jesus' name. And that starts with a relationship with Jesus. So maybe you're in here and you never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Today's that day. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait for the next time. Don't wait till we get into a facility. That Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. I just believe that there's somebody that needs to say yes to Jesus, whether you're in this room or watching online. Man, I just want to invite you to pray something like this. Just pray something like, Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? I believe what you did on the cross. I'm building my life on the sacrifice that you made for me. I'm going to build on the bedrock. I'm going to build on the foundation of you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. I give my heart to you. And I trust you for salvation today. Maybe that's you. 
Maybe that's something that you, you prayed just now. Maybe you're online and you prayed that as well. First of all, I want to tell you you made the best decision that you've ever made in your life. It's the best decision. Uh, better than going to uh, lunch today or whatever it might be that you have these decisions to make. You saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. You saying that on the inside of you, asking for forgiveness is the best thing that you could do. And I just want to do this. I want to, I want to celebrate that. Church, why don't we go ahead and just put our hands together right now, just celebrating the fact that people are crossing over from death to life today. Come on. Y'all could be a little louder than that. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Maybe you're in this room and you just prayed to receive Jesus. Our same prayer team over on either side of these walls. We would be honored just to celebrate with you, high-five you, give you a Bible, uh, do whatever we can to connect you with somebody. So again, if you just prayed to receive Jesus, whether it's right now, I'm going to ask you to move. Our serve team is going to move. They're going to be moving and going, getting ready for our next service. And so if you need to move to say, yeah, uh, you just said yes to Jesus, you want to tell somebody, we would be honored to know that. And if you're watching online, all you got to do is text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That's all you got to do. That would be awesome. One more time, can we give it up for King Jesus in this place today? Do you love Jesus? Can we give it up for Jesus a little louder than that? Come on. I love that. It's Jesus over everything, y'all. Once you high-five four people around you, say it's Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. Jesus over everything. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I want to honor you and your time. I'm so thankful that you're here. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for our team, again, being flexible. Thank you for you being flexible. Coming in, I know church, it looks a little different. But guess what? we got a lot of different coming over the next few months. So maybe God's just preparing our hearts right now for, for just to be flexible. I tell our team all the time, hey, if we're flexible, we'll never get bent out of shape. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, and so I, I'm just honored that you're here. And I'll just ask our usher team, we're going to continue to worship by giving. i just tell you really quickly that this church is not possible without your generosity. Uh, man, we have so many people that, that you may never meet in your life that say, you know what, I believe in the vision God has given to Purpose Church. I believe in what God is doing here. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what the Bible is asking, and we, we are a tithing church. We believe God is asking uh, that, that we give 10%, that we give our first 10. Allie and I, every single month, we say, hey, you know what, I'm going to give Jesus our first 10. We're going to bring it back to the storehouse. We're going to bring it back to God and watch as he honors that. I'll just tell you, I, I've never seen uh, something so uh, principled in my own life. Not that we're so uh, legalistic by it, but, man, we just stick to it, and God has always been faithful. It may not be money that he provides you back with, but, man, the, the peace. The, you have no idea. Uh, well, first of all, to me, it's so crazy that we can trust God with our salvation but not our, our pocketbook, right? It's crazy to me that I can trust God for eternity with my life, but I can't trust him with the 10% that he's asking. So I'm just going to challenge all of us. I'm going to challenge our church. Would you give online? Would you give in the offering containers? If this is your first time, this is just for people that call Purpose Church home. Uh, so, so thank you for being here if it is your first time. But you can give online. You can, re, you can set up a reoccurring giving. You can give through a text message. You can give uh, in the offering containers. But however you do that, I just want to tell you, thank you for your generosity. Again, sometimes you will never see the amount uh, uh, on this side of eternity, what you're investing in, what God is doing. But in heaven, I just believe that sometimes there's going, there may, may be a line that just says, thank you for giving to God. Thank you for believing. Thank you for trusting God and what he's doing. And because of your generosity, I'm here. I'm on the other side of eternity. Just know that your giving is making an eternal difference, not just a temporary difference. I do want you to know that your giving does make a temporary difference as well. We're not. What we're doing is we're not just going to uh, just feed people just to feed people, but we're going to feed people with a purpose. And uh, over the next few weeks, we have an opportunity as a church to step into that. Uh, our outreach team, we're setting up just an opportunity 
opportunity. We're worried this holiday season, Thanksgiving specifically, that we have the opportunity to feed families on purpose. And so I want you to know, uh, starting next week, we've got these big orange bags. We do it just about every year at the end of the year. We fill these bags full of things. Um, and, and man, we bless our community. And we're going to be feeding 100 families an entire turkey meal, uh, turkey, and, and all Thanksgiving this year because of your generosity. Come on, we can celebrate that. That's 100 families. But even more so than that, it's not just that we're handing to them, hey, y'all have a good Thanksgiving dinner. Guess what we have a chance to do? We're having a chance to pray with every single one of them. We're, we're giving them the hope of Jesus. We're connecting them with somebody. We're shining a light in the midst of whatever they might be going to. Maybe you know somebody that needs a meal. Maybe you are somebody that needs a meal. Maybe you're somebody that wants to help. Here's all I'm going to ask you to do is if you can, you can get your phones out and you can text the word turkey. I know that's fun. All right. Text the word turkey to 270-229-6488. That'll send you a link back. Takes you to our website. It's got all the information on there. Or you can just go to www.ourpurpose.church slash thanksgiving. If you don't mind doing that, over the next couple of weeks, you'll have the opportunity to get the bags here at church, uh, and we get a chance to fill those up and then give those out in just a few weeks. And so, again, I'm so thankful for you. Let's not just only be generous uh, with our tithe here and our time and our energy and our effort. Man, let's be generous to the people outside of these four walls because you never know what kind of impact you're going to make. I believe it's going to be eternal. I believe that somebody's going to drive through and pick up a bag, and they're going to get prayed for, and their family's going to come to Purpose Church, and their grandbaby's going to get saved. And next thing you know is that that literally that, that family's changed for forever but it's all because of a generosity of a people that said you know what we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a little bit of our time we're going to give, we're going to serve and we're going to watch Jesus do his thing. Amen and owe me somebody come on I'm excited about that. I hope you are hope you're fired up for today. I hope you're fired up for this week. Just remember let's build everything on Jesus. Jesus over everything alright. Let me pray for you. Jesus thank you for today. We honor you we love you. We thank you so much for what you've done. Bless my friends. Keep them turn your face towards them. Shine your favor upon them and this week give them peace in Jesus name that we pray and everybody said amen amen have a great week we'll see you next Sunday thank you so much again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends it helps out so much for more content and information head over to ourpurpose.church we love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose